0: Moving into this next section, we're going to look at the derivative of the exponential function. So as an exercise, I'd like you to take your calculator and graph y equals e to the x. And when you do that, go ahead and use a Zoom standard, or you can make a nice window without all that negative y stuff. Then use the F5 math feature to fill in this table for these four x values, ddx dx of e to the x. Write down what you get for each one of them and then come back and we'll uh, look at it. Alright, coming back for the first one x equals negative one you probably got something like .36788 but positive not negative for this one x equals zero did you get one? And When x equals 1, did you get something approximately equal to 2.718, and so on? And when x is 2, did you get 7.8 something? 7.8, oh, no, not 7.8, 7.3891. 7.3891, and so on. Did you get these numbers? And if you looked at the graph... Did you think about, the reason I wanted you to graph is I wanted you to think about the fact that each one of these values is a derivative of the function at an x value, and another name for the derivative of the function at any particular x value is slope of the tangent line. So it makes sense that even though, even when x is negative 1, your tangent line has a positive slope, doesn't it? Because e to the x, actually, is an increasing function for all x. And so, since it's increasing for all x, its derivative should be positive for all x. And so, all the derivatives should be positive. The other thing you might notice is that the derivatives get larger as x gets larger. The slopes of the tangent lines get larger because the tangent lines get steeper to keep up with the steeper and steeper graph. Exponential growth, faster and faster rate of change, right? Bigger rate of change each time as x gets larger is growing faster and faster. Exponential growth, bigger and bigger derivatives. Now the other thing about bigger and bigger derivatives, you might remember from chapter 5, sorry, chapter 1 of this book, chapter 1 says that If your derivatives are increasing, just like these slopes are getting bigger, if your derivatives are increasing, then the graph is concave up, right? We can see that y equals e to the x is concave up for all x. So also, when you look at it this way, you can see the derivatives are increasing. The graph is concave up for all x. Also, a quick little rule of thumb, if the tangent lines are underneath the graph also concave up, isn't it? So you learned that in in the first chapter. What I wanted you to see also was not only are the derivatives getting bigger, not only are they all positive, but they're actually equal to a very special number. When x is 1, the derivative is 2.718 and so on. What number is that? That's e, or we could think of it as e to the 1. And what did we discover 7.389 was approximately equal to in the last section? Wasn't that e squared? That was the accumulation we got after using a rate of 200% for our compounding continuously. e squared, 7.389. So the interesting thing is, when x is 1, the slope At x is e to the 1. When x is 2, the slope of e to the x is e to the 2. When x is 0, the slope is 1. Thinking about it in terms of a base, e, e squared, e to the first, that is e to the 0, isn't it? And if you're curious about this one, go to the home screen and take e to the negative 1, which is the same as 1 over e, and see if you get approximately 0.36788. If you continue down x equals 3, x equals 4, you should get the slope is e cubed, e to the fourth. And for every discrete x value, you're going to see a power of e for your derivative. Uh, It's true for non-discrete x values, too. It's just not as easy to see. So definitely, it looks like the slope at x of e to the x is e to the x back again the slope of the tangent line is just the same as the value of the function. When the value of the function is 1, so is the slope. It's 1. When the value of the function is e to the 1, the slope is also e to the 1. It's a very special relationship between this graph and the derivative. And this graph, aside from the very boring and trivial function y equals 0, or as your book says, y equivalent to 0, except for the very boring x-axis, e to the x is the only function that is its own derivative. Meaning, when you take the derivative of e to the x, you get e to the x back again. Now, that's so powerful we have a theorem. So over here, I've written down the theorem. For all real x values, they don't have to just be integers like negative 2, negative 1, and so on. For all real x, the derivative with respect to x of e to the x is e to the x back again. Now, you might be thinking, oh, good, this one's going to be a piece of cake, this section, because the derivative is going to be really easy. And the theorem, uh, the derivative with respect to x of c e to the x is c e to the x back again. So again, you might be thinking, okay, great, I can do that. I just copy it over. What's the point, right? Well, the point is um, twofold. Well, actually more than that. But for right now, the point is, first of all, they don't necessarily have to be just x in the exponent. You don't have to just have x in the exponent. And second of all, there's more to it than just topping over from one line to the next, right? The reason I had you look at the graph was to think about the slope of the tangent line at different values of x actually equals the y values of the same graph, and that's pretty neat. So let's look at an example and see if it always works that you just have to rewrite what you were given. Let's take f of x equals 5e to the 4x and find the derivative f prime of x pause for a minute before you continue with this video because you really can figure out what this is especially if I give you a little hint you don't get to just copy over 5e to the 4x but it's not anything out of the ordinary from what you've been doing in your calculus career, especially if you think about this exponent as being equal to u, u equals 4x. So take a guess what you think the derivative should be. Pause, write it down, and then come back and check. If I look at this exponent and I see 5e to the 4x, because it's not just e to the x, I have to think about writing the 5, writing e to the 4x back again because an exponential function has itself in it as its own derivative. But this isn't e to the x, this is e to the u. And as we learned with the chain rule, the derivative of e to the u, just like with other functions, needs to be e to the u back again times du dx. So I have to write times the derivative of 4x Which is 4. So using the chain rule, it's almost like rewriting it, except I have one extra step. I have to differentiate the exponent and multiply that derivative by the rest of my derivative. So I have 5 times 4 is 20, e to the 4x equals f prime of x. So I think I hear another theorem coming on. The theorem for the derivative with respect to x of e to the u is e to the u back again, but not so fast. We still have to multiply by the derivative of u with respect to x. Because the exponent on e is not just x, I have to differentiate the exponent and multiply it by e to the u.